I'm joined here by a great panel of uh, independent experts, representatives of Firefly and educators themselves. Guys, welcome. Thank you for joining. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? I'm Rob. Um, I'm the head of learning at Firefly. Uh, I joined Firefly about four years ago. Uh, before that, I taught in a variety of schools. I've taught a variety of subjects. Uh, but my last role, uh, I suppose, as a teacher was as a deputy head at a school just south of London, and that, that's where I first came across Firefly. Hi, I'm Alana. Um, I have taught in New Zealand and in the UK and for the last 10 years I've been at a prep school in London um, as the head of e-learning, um, only recently leaving and joining the Firefly team. Great. Hi, I'm Jackie and I am an education consultant. Um, been doing that for a few years and before that I was a primary school teacher teaching in both the UK and an international setting. Um, I'd also just like to say if you have any questions as we're going through the webinar, please do feel free to send those in and we will do our best to present them to our panel later on. So guys, you've all got um, different backgrounds and you've all worked through the education system and obviously you use various tools to reflect on your engagement with the education system. Um, I understand that Firefly has done quite a big survey recently. Um, looking into parental engagement and the different issues surrounding that topic. Rob, could you give us a background on the survey, please? Yeah, so we knew that uh, parental engagement uh, is, is valuable uh, yeah. to the, the progress and the achievement of students, um, but we also know that uh, it, it's not as something that schools find very easy to do. And so we wanted to get an idea of what schools were finding was working, working really, really well, what challenges they were facing, but I think also crucially to get a sense of what it was that schools wanted to achieve. So that aspirational look at where they wanted to be, how they felt that, that you know, in an ideal world, if we were to get parental engagement, how we go about it and what sort of things do we think we could put out of that. Sure, yeah. And <clears throat> um, when the results of the survey came back in, what was it that you found? So we didn't find anything necessarily uh, new, but we found a lot of stuff which, which really uh, solidified a lot of the, the, the anecdotal information that we were getting back from schools. So we, you know, we could see that a very high proportion of, of uh, educators and a very high proportion of schools wanted more parental engagement. You know, 81% of educators actually wanted their parents to be more involved in the school. Um, but they would, that sort of indicated that they, there was something they were still struggling to achieve. Whilst the other side to that was that it was a relatively low proportion of schools finding that uh, technology was helping them to achieve that, that they were able to use technology in a way that was really facilitating that. If something, you know, less than 30% of educators felt that, they, that either they were able to use technology or that the technology was providing them the opportunity to sort of its full extent to really get out there. Um, the concerns they had fell broadly into two camps. There was the uh, issue of sharing information with parents about their children, so the kind of content that children were looking at, the kind of things they were learning, but also very importantly, how well the children were doing. Uh, as a parent, that, those are the key things, not only what is my child doing, but actually how well is my child doing, as well as how happy is my child. If you can address those three concerns as a school, then pretty much you've got it made. But the other side to it was that administrative backwards and forwards. Sure. Um, there, there, there needs to be a good link between the schools and the parents for this exchange of information. And schools were finding that that was a real struggle to get information back from the parents as well as share information with them. Sure. And in terms of that communication between school and parent, parent and school, in an ideal world, what would you guys like to see? What would you want that environment to look like? 
Um, I think as an educator, if you were starting that process, um, one of the things that may occur at the beginning is that it might not actually be a priority for your school. There are so many other pressures coming from all different directions um, working in a really busy school and so that might not be at the top of the list and sometimes it can actually seem like a really hard thing to fix. It's too big a problem, you don't really know where to start. Um, so if we were to kind of drill down into what you would want in an ideal world, it would be things like making sure that it was really quick and easy to use, not only for staff, but also for parents as well. Um, staff don't have time to, um, that much time to learn new skills and time to actually um, engage with the parents. And the parents don't have that same amount of time to do, do the opposite. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and also schools are moving away from paper as much as they can. Um, and when you've got things online, um, that can only be a good thing in terms of keeping up to date with any changes. So in terms of things like calendar and events, um, if you've got something that fills that gap between the school and the parents, which is always up to date, um, you never have any kind of miscommunication going on. Um, I think as well, if you don't have a sense of parental engagement in your school, sometimes the communication you do have with the parents can veer off into a slightly negative um, area because generally the things they're coming in to talk to you about are things like um, I don't have the information for that, my child does not have this that they need, I don't know when this is happening, I need more information. So if you were trying to find something that ticked all those boxes it would be something that um, emphasised that positive engagement you could have with them. Um, I think as well in terms of um, events where you have parents and teachers engaging in um, any parent-teacher meetings, mm -hmm. they can sometimes be taken up with a lot of time being spent going over something that could actually have been communicated previously, sure. giving you more time in those meetings to get down to what really matters to the parents and what the teachers are finding out about their children in, in the school lessons. Sure, just really clearing those paths of communication. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really great. And have any of you seen this in action? Have you seen a really good example of, of the way that text helped to, um, to create this ideal world of communication? Uh, yeah, so I've seen quite a few examples of um, schools just using photos. Yeah. Um, so to be able to take pictures of the lesson. So when I was teaching, I was always taking pictures. You'd print off 20 copies, it would go in the book. Yeah. Wonky, if they're year three. Yeah. Um, but to be able to share those photos directly with parents, it doesn't take any more teacher time. It's a really quick communication and it aids that conversation at home when you know, eight-year-old goes home and you ask, what have you done today? Uh -huh. Nothing. Uh -huh. And actually they've had a really exciting day. Yeah. So it helps parents to know what they can talk about. Uh -huh. The children have got a prompt as well. That's great. It really engages the parents mm. in, in that world. Yeah, very important. Um, and in terms of the actual power of parental engagement, we've, you know, we've talked about how you can go about it, but what would you say are the driving forces um, that make it very important, that make it a, a top priority? So I think the the big thing with uh, getting the parents involved in that learning process is it means that the, the children 
identify with the importance of education to start with. You know, it, it's something which is important to my parents. It's important enough that they want to be involved with it. And so that, that message that actually this, this is not just something that we go through, this is something which actually has real value to it is really important. Mm -hmm. I think parents want to get involved in supporting their children as best they can. Uh, and this, this ability for the, the learning to be taking place with the, the, the teacher in the classroom, but also with the parents at home. Parents learning as well, learning, getting a deeper understanding of that educational process and the kind of things that the kind of challenges that their children have in school, but also for teachers getting a good sense of the kind of challenges that, that, that their students are facing at home, their pupils are facing at home, the, the areas they're having particular difficulties with. So I think that communication means that everyone has a much better understanding of where we are now, what the particular challenges are that are preventing us getting on to the next step, mm -hmm. and then actually how we might overcome that as a team, if you like, sure. to move that forward. Really creating that educational community, yeah. if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, really important. Um, and have any of you, I mean, you've all been teachers at, at one point or another, some of you very, very recently. Um, <laughs> and what challenges specifically have you come up against in terms of parental engagement? Um, I think the main factor in the success of anything is having the time to give it the bonus that it needs. And teachers, I can only speak for our experiences, but teachers yeah. are some of the busiest people that I know. Yeah. And you're constantly getting pulled in lots of different directions. And I think that that is a huge challenge because at the end of the day, you are sitting there in front of a class that needs to be taught. Mm -hmm. The parental engagement side of things can almost fall by the wayside when you've got to interact with those children and do your actual job. Yeah. Sometimes that parental side can can be slightly um, less important at that time. So I think um, that time um, that you're allowing your, your teachers to, to learn these new tools uh -huh. um, and also um, giving them the training to feel confident so that they're not spending hours and hours doing something that they're not entirely sure that you know what the benefits are mm -hmm. um, and then I think also the parents are insanely busy as well um, so if you're providing a, a tool that's not intuitive and the parents aren't able to learn how to use it easily and quickly uh -huh. then that's only creating another barrier into to parental engagement and um, parents are also they've got children in other schools as well right. so if you've got three children three schools and you're getting emails left right and center it can be really hard as a parent to try and identify what's actually coming through and what actually needs to be actioned so in terms of providing that tool again it needs to be focused and filtered to make sure that they are receiving what they need to and they've got a clear pathway of what they need to do next mm -hmm. so it needs to be really integrated and mm -hmm. clearly signposted to the to the right information mm -hmm. yeah very good point and um, um, i know alana's worked in a very very busy london school <laughs> and jackie you've worked internationally as well have you come across any specific challenges um, separately in terms of the, the international environment? It's, I think maybe it's just amplified uh -huh. because a typical class in an international school would have 10 to 20 children. Uh -huh. You may have that many different nationalities represented as well, which means 
different communication expectations, different cultural expectations. So the school that I taught at had about 25% Koreans, uh-huh. so I would only ever deal with the mums. Uh, right. And they would come in and they would bow to me when they uh-huh. walked in the classroom, which was a whole new experience. Sure. Um, but learning how to communicate effectively with them yeah. was really important. Um, so I think having a tool that means that you can push the information out to the parents so that they can digest it in their own time, bearing in mind that many of them won't use, in our case, English as their first language, sure. means that you're just covering as many bases as you can to reach out to them. Yeah, definitely. And Rob, I know that you you hail from the commuter belt, um, which has its own set of, um, of challenges. Is there anything in particular that you think that you've come across that has been stood out as a challenge? Yeah, I think um, the issue with with parents that I've worked with, both as a teacher and with schools, the schools that I've worked with, is they it's making it effective parental engagement, if you like. They, they, you know, quite often the parents are very very engaged, uh, but they're very very busy. Yes. Uh, you know, they'll they'll set off very early in the morning. They won't get back until very late in the evening, mm-hmm. um, and so they're not quite sure what they should be doing, but mm-hmm. they do want to do something. Yeah. And so it's it's managing and providing if you like, a support process for them, yes. so that when they do want to get involved, they get involved effectively. Mm-hmm. At a, a school um, where it was year six and year six are getting ready to do their SATs, uh-huh. uh, parents find out about this. So one of them goes out and Google's it, Google SATs, finds SATs, looks mm-hmm. about the same, but then is taking this this sort of American high school level material mm-hmm. and trying to get this eleven year old to understand it and doesn't understand what mm-hmm. is going wrong. Sure. Um, so I think if, if you've got the teaching resources there and you're able to share those with the parents, mm-hmm. then it means when those parents want to get involved, and they will get involved, you can't stop them getting involved, sure. but at least this way they're working with the same content that I'm working with, yes. they're supporting their child in a way that it integrates, if you like, with, with that classroom process. Sure. So that, you, that little bit of curricular control that you get there means that everyone's going towards the same goal, yeah, rather absolutely. Than, than giving that scattered approach, which can be quite damaging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely important. Um, and we've talked a lot about sharing resources between parents and teachers and making sure that that <coughs> bureaucracy that is so essential um, gives teachers more time. Um, but obviously the whole education system, we're all here for, for the students, we're all here for the kids. Um, what do you think um, parental engagement does for the improvement of the student's learning journey? Well, just to say that um, research has been done that shows that increased parental engagement is actually much more effective in a child's progress and learning than things like smaller class sizes. So I think many parents would expect that if I send my child to a prep school where there are only going to be 15 children in the class, that's much better than the state school down the road where it's pushing above 30. But actually, them being involved in their child's learning, helping them to read, helping them to learn independence and so on, is one of the most groundbreaking things for their child. Sure, definitely. Um, So I I think, for me, the thing that I've come across, which I think has worked really, really well, and it kind of steps outside the academic for a while, Mm -hmm. is this ability to provide the students or the pupils with a voice. 
um, and empower them to, to start to express themselves in a variety of different ways. You know, they, we, we, we keep hearing about you know, kids on social media and from, at an earlier and earlier age. And the trouble is, once you do that, yes, you have a voice and yes, you can start to share your thoughts and your ideas and your pictures or whatever it is on this global set stage, but it's, it's quite a dull winning environment. If you make mistakes, uh, yeah. you're going to suffer for it. Whereas, you know, a, a school environment, school digital environment, mm -hmm. you can be provided with the opportunity to do that sort of thing to, to you know, instead of the, the kind of the tatty piece of paper that we had at school, which was the school magazine when I was at school, uh -huh. actually kids can get out there, you know, it's, it's so easy to make a video now. You know, yeah. Years ago, that was a major undertaking. Whereas now, actually, our video, our school magazine is, is going to be a, a vlog. Yeah. And the kids can get out there and they can do this and they can share it with their friends, with their teachers, with their parents. But all the while, they're doing it in an environment which, which is carefully controlled, carefully monitored, mm -hmm. so they can experiment, if you like, yeah. um, and really find their voice, find it in a way that, you know, in, in a traditional classroom environment, would be not impossible to do. Yeah, and that, that safe environment, is, as you were saying, um, can teach them that failure is okay yeah. and that it's important um, but like you said they can feel safe in that and, and experiment and, and learn yeah. about the digital environment. I think, I think that, that, that failure idea is, is really important you know the, we learn from our mistakes and we should be learning from our mistakes yeah. our <laughs> um, but this idea I've, I've heard this term fail forward and I think it's really yeah. important because the, the nice thing with the digital environment is that you can fail and learn very very quickly Mm -hmm. And the faster you do that, the more failures you have, if you like, on the way to this success, mm -hmm. the quicker you're able to experience success. And that's one of the things that the digital environment really does provide you with because of the quick turnaround of communications and feedback. It works really well for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, when that homeschool partnership is really thriving, it really emphasises that community feel um, within the school between the, the pupils and the staff and the parents. And that is beneficial in so many different ways. Um, one example I can think of is that when the parents feel like they understand how the school works and understand what's being taught in the lessons, they can sometimes feel more confident in sharing what they know. Sure. Um, if I think about uh, last year, um, we had a STEM week. Um, our parent body is an incredibly intelligent um, bunch, of, bunch of people yeah. and um, we would love to pick their brains. Sure. So because they understood what was going on, they were very involved with um, what was happening in the school, they felt like they were welcome to come in and share their knowledge, which was an incredibly powerful thing for the children in terms of being inspired by people who are out there working um, and also for the parents to maybe get the understanding of how difficult it is to um, control uh, many small children yeah. in, in a classroom. Absolutely. So yeah, exchanging that information I think is really important mm -hmm. for the whole experience. I think you clearly got a, a group of invaluable careers advisors at your fingertips. Yes. Why would you not want to use that? Exactly. So yeah, that's really important. And Jackie, you've um, used a lot of this technology in your own um, experience. Mm -hmm. And you've also been part of rolling the technology out to schools and training the teachers. Um, how have you found that? So I think it's worked really well. Often um, 
with prep schools, they can feel a little bit behind the curve, uh -huh. especially if it's uh, pre-prep and a prep school, sure. and then a secondary school. What uh, what we find happens many times is that the senior school leads, sure, and then they're sort of wondering how they might be able to make best use of it. But there are many great prep schools out there that are doing a brilliant job. Um, so we've got a case study here of Christchurch Primary. Uh -huh. That's a school in Croydon. They've been using the our online tool for about three and a half years. Okay. One of the key things that they wanted to achieve with that was increasing parental engagement. Another was to change the way that teaching and learning took place. So yeah. not perhaps just the traditional methods, but uh, encouraging and inspiring teachers to do that as an online process as well. Sure. Um, and there are two things that really stand out to me from um, from their rollout process. Mm -hmm. One was their very tech adverse head teacher <laughs> who yeah. realised that she could actually do something simple and make a massive difference with the parents. Uh, and what she did was record on her phone her conversation each week with the star of the week. Sure. So they would come into her office, have tea and cake and chat about what it was that they'd done to make them such a star. Yeah. And by recording that, she was able to upload it on a blog, uh -huh. push out a notification to that child's parents, even before the end of the school day. And it revolutionized the way that the parents interact because sure. often they were dealing with, you know, so the parents waiting at the gate, I don't want to come into school. Yeah. And she found that with this, they were actually knocking on her door before the end of the school okay. day to, and just talk about. Yeah. I had no idea my child was so articulate or uh -huh. that they showed talent in that area. Mm -hmm. So yeah, found it really, really good. The other thing was in terms of impacting teaching and learning. Yeah. So feedback from the children showed that they've actually really thrived with that environment because if they've done a project that's online, they've been receiving feedback as they go. Great. And by receiving that feedback, it's inspired them to make the changes, make the differences. Um, so anyone who's taught, you know, year three, year four, you'll know that if you ask them to make changes, they really struggle because sure. they can't see what's wrong with something. They don't know what to change, right? Yeah, even yeah. if you tell them, they're yeah. still not quite <laughs> sure. But by putting the ball back in the child's court, mm -hmm. they've been able to make improvements, they're becoming much more reflective about their own learning, what their strengths and their weaknesses are. Um, and so yeah, really significant impact there too. That's great, so getting them used to receiving grades maybe or receiving feedback, yeah. not getting that shock when they have them. Um, and also by the sounds of it, improving their analysis skills as yeah. well at the same yeah, exactly. time. Yeah, really important. Um, well, thank you guys for, for telling us about all your experiences. Um, we'd actually like to open up the floor now to a Q&A. Uh, so if you've got any further questions that you'd like to ask our panel, please do send them in um, and we will do our best to um, address the issues that you bring up. Uh, I've actually already had a few in, <laughs> you guys, from some keen <coughs> viewers. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you is, um, you've told us now about what parental engagement is like now um, in the age that we're living in. and. Obviously, we've all been to school, you've all been educators. Um, I wanted to know how you see the role of parents in education changing through your career or through your experience. So I think, I think it's, it's, first of all, I, I, think, I think it's quite important to acknowledge that the, the role of parents in education has changed 
dramatically, well, in my lifetime, which makes me sound geriatrically old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> um, but if I think back to the days when, when I was at school, um, and, and my, my father was a teacher and my mother was a clinical psychologist specialising in child health, they, they understood children. But even then, they, they, they kind of took a step back from my education. Um, and it's very much like the school deals with this, and we deal with this bit, and we get our updates from the school, and when it comes to sort of uh, exam time, then we just make sure that there's enough food on the table to keep you stoked up. But that was pretty much it. And that, that's moved uh, over time. I, th I think parents' parents' expectations are much greater. And I don't mean that they're, they're elevated as to what they think their children should be doing, but their expectations regarding what, how they should be interacting with the school has, has really changed and really grown. I think we, we've gone from, if you like, all, almost a bridge model of there's the school and there's the family and we have these communications that go between the two mm -hmm. to a model that I think is now much more recognised which is this sort of triangular model of the student and the parent and the teacher and the fact that there has to be this link between all three parts, if you like, in order for that to work. Mm -hmm. And I think where, where we will end up actually is in a situation where rather than being these three individual entities, you end up with almost almost a, a more amorphous approach. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a scientist, so I, I would say the, the, the kind of the atomic approach where at the centre, there isn't any one individual at the centre. At the centre is this outcome, which is you know, successful teaching and learning. But actually around it is this, this entity which is made up of the parents and the teachers and the student. And it becomes kind of, again, I used the word team earlier on, and it, and it does become much more of a team affair where everyone has a role to play, but those roles become much more intermeshed. Mm -hmm. The students start to take a bit more responsibility for their learning. Mm -hmm. the, the teachers are less didactic. I am the fountain of information. Actually, I'm going to help you achieve these outcomes. Yeah. And the parents are still supportive, but also, I think, contributing to that whole conversation the whole time. Absolutely. So as teachers, you become more curators of information yeah. rather than disseminators. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think it's also important to make sure within that triangle that everyone's getting everything out of the situation that they, they need to. Sure. So we were discussing earlier the, the importance of doing surveys because if, as, a, as an educator, you might think that the model that you're, you're putting out there works for you, uh -huh. And so, therefore, it should work for everyone else. Mm -hmm. But actually, getting that feedback from the other people that are within that within that circle, that's incredibly important to help drive that. So, I think you know, parents actually do have a really important role in in improving that that model that you have currently in your school. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if, you, if we mentioned earlier community, obviously, mm -hmm. if you can yeah. bring that community together, then it's going to be helpful for everybody involved, right? Yeah. Great. Um, so, I have another question as well from one of our viewers. Um, schooling, we all know now, is more than just in the classroom. We've already talked about the, the community and the importance of that information. Um, how, can you, how do you think that technology can help that issue? Um, one of the biggest things about prep schools is uh, parents um, choose them because of the amazing extracurricular mm -hmm. activities that are available. Um, and so are there ways that technology can facilitate that conversation? Absolutely, I think um, I think one of the biggest shifts I've seen in the last few years has been the impact of mobile devices sure. within the classroom, um, because it doesn't confine them to just the classroom itself. Yes. Um, if I think about the ways in which um, our prep school were using mobile devices, it ranged from using them in PE lessons outside, using them in the art room, to taking them on trips, 
I mean, the possibilities are endless. And so I think those mobile devices really open up a new way of learning for the children mm-hmm. and also for them to learn at their own pace as well. Sure. So I think um, if you're providing content to, um, to parents and students, the parents can you know, help at home and extend that learning mm-hmm. that the children will be doing in school, but then the students also have the ability to be a little bit more independent with the learning um, mm-hmm. and take things at their own pace, I guess. So if I think about all of those clubs and extracurricular things, um, the amount of uh, times that children may miss a lesson due to music lessons, extra lessons, mm-hmm. um, the fact that you've potentially got a tool where no matter at what stage of the lesson you're in, if a child turns up, they're able to catch up yeah. and pick up where, where they left off. Yeah. And I think having that content and access to mobile devices is really important and also for differentiation in those lessons. There are children who learn in different ways and so if you've got a child that is a visual learner and they want to see that, um, to process it in a more effective way, then why not give the opportunity to do that? Um, and I think Rob mentioned earlier about having a, a student voice. Yeah. Um, and even though some class sizes are fairly small, they can still be slightly intimidating for some children who find it hard to express their opinion. Um, so even things like uh, podcasts or um, opportunities that, that pupils have to, um, maybe they don't feel like they want to stand up in front of an assembly and sing their favorite song, <laughs> but they would quite happily use a mobile device to, to record themselves singing in a, in a slightly darkened room um, <laughs> that may go then online, but if they maybe hadn't had that opportunity, then they wouldn't be able to express that part of themselves. So sure. yeah, so I think uh, the technology available um, if it's treated in the right way, it can be really beneficial for, for students. Absolutely, a big part of your job, right, is to, to foster that independence mm-hmm. and that, that mm-hmm. growth. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if, you can, if you've got a tool that will help you do that, yes. then yeah. why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next question that's come in, um, how do you overcome the specific challenges that you each highlighted? Um, so, um, I'll jump in on this. I, I, I think um, the easiest way to do it, um, and is to, funnily enough, it, it, it's to use your pupils. Uh, I think one of the things that we have to sort of accept to a certain extent when, 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 when you get to being a certain age is that the, um, the children around us are far more adept mm-hmm. at using the technology than we are. And I think so getting the parents to first of all be able to use the technology, sometimes parents struggle with logins or where to navigate or what have you, you can guarantee that their children will be able to help them out. So I think the first thing is you, you, you've got a, a school IT support system which is built there. It's part of the school fabric, if you like, which goes home to the families. Right. So I think encourage them to work uh, with, with their kids. And I think that's, that's a huge advantage of the prep school uh, model compared to the senior school model, for example. Because once they get up to senior school, that, that audience kind of divides. The, the students will be going for one reason, the parents will be going for something completely different. But when they're younger, they tend to look at digital content, they, they tend to go on the internet together, particularly with something that's school related. So you're, you're aiming at the family and they can work together in that regard. I think when it comes to engagement, again, uh, use, use the children, use the children's voice. There is nothing more guaranteed to get your children 
onto your, your portal or your platform or whatever it is that you're using and actually having examples of their work, photographs of them in action, videos of them, mm-hmm. uh, there's kind of activities that are going on there. The stuff which, uh, to be honest, is far more exciting than, than the curriculum. It's, you know, it's, I know, it's, but it, it, it's all the, you know, the, it, to be blunt, it's the reason why your child chooses to go to that school. Yeah. They're not going there because of the lessons. I mean, my lessons are obviously amazing, but they're not going there because of that. They're going there because of the sport or the music or the drama or the art, all the really creative stuff. And that's really hard to share in the traditional report format. But it's also the stuff the parents really love. So make a song and that's about that. trips. We were, earlier we were talking about you know, school trips. So if, if you're going away for a weekend, we'll have a blog with lots of photographs on it so the parents can, can share in the kind of experiences their children are having. And I think things like that will pull them in. And then the last thing I think is what uh, Alana was talking about, which is the communications. Mm. And they're getting reams and reams and reams of communications all the time. Emails are sitting there and what have you. So I think when you are sending messages to parents, you need to make sure that you don't oversend, so you're not spamming them with information because that will just become an automatic get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But you make sure that the messages you send are, are high quality messages, so that there's a really clear benefit for the parents to read this. Because if there is, if that, that first three or four emails that go out and the parents read those, or the first three or four messages or however you're doing it, and the parents read those and they get, oh, this is this is really important actually, this this is great for me, mm-hmm. then they will continue accessing them. Sure. But if they're just getting absolutely everything, then yeah, it's, it's the same as, as me with my, don't tell my wife, but with my bank statements. Those come in, it's just kind of, yeah, okay, it, it's not red, so it's fine, and that will do. Uh, because you, you, you get so many communications now uh, coming yeah. into your, your inbox, the, the half of them, you don't bother reading. So I think, yeah, get the children to help, uh, help at home, get the children to produce the content, mm-hmm. because that's really exciting, but also make sure that what you send is, is there isn't too much of it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm highlight what you want to target what you want to and make sure it's really good yeah it needs to be properly signposted like for what the parents need and want to see yeah absolutely yeah. i also think having a really strong school strategic plan is really important sure. um because i think as i mentioned earlier if it's not a priority in my in the school mm-hmm. then why are people going to get behind it? So I think if you've got a strong strategic plan where everyone knows what you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. um, and there is that collective sense of going forward and this is what we're doing. Um, I mean, sometimes in some schools you get uh, to a stage where you have some communication going via one tool, Mm -hmm. you've still got some coming through on paper. And so if you don't have that common theme running through, then I think it's not given the, the importance that it, it actually reflects is reflected in your, your strategic plan and having a team to drive that I think within your school is really important to make sure that whatever it is you're trying to achieve is still actually being addressed by all the people involved in that. Mm-hmm. So integration is key and, mm-hmm. and fully streamlining your systems. Yeah as well. exactly and you, as much as you can you don't want to have five or six different platforms that sure. you're going to 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 have to try and remember a login and a password uh-huh. and does that do that thing or does that do that thing I can't remember what did they say I had to fill that out on so I think as much as you can having everything under one roof is really important um, it just gives the 
the parents' confidence in the fact they know where to look for things, uh-huh. and it gives the teachers confidence that they know that they're spending the time on that on that resource, putting it into a place that's going to be seen by the relevant people. Yeah, and for parents and teachers, this is all about making it easier. Exactly. Right? So we don't want yeah. to complicate things. Anymore. Not at all. Life is complicated enough. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I've had another few questions. Um, so we've talked um, a, a little bit there about uh, the specific advantages of that prep schools offer mm-hmm. um, their activities and their school trips are, are always a big thing and this is something that parents really look out for when choosing a school for their children and things that children really look out for as well are these opportunities. Um, and it is something that parents really do want to engage in, is these opportunities that their, their kids are a part of. So how do you think that technology and parental engagement technology can, can help um, with a, a school trip situation or you know, if kids are away from home for, for a time? So I think it helps on both the home side and also the school side. So if you're able to do these things online, yeah. it's, uh, it means that again, it's not a paper letter that's going home that um, Robert mentioned earlier today about little ones not being the most reliable postmen yeah. or women in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so some things will be received and others will not. Uh-huh. Uh, usually depending on the child's priorities. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily the school. Size of their backpack. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if that's possible to do online, it mm. means that the parents are receiving it in the same place where they get all their other stuff, so often yeah. on their device, and a notification can come through to say you've got something to complete. It also helps with things like you, your main important information, like what's your contact number, yeah. what about medical issues, mm-hmm. have they got a, an up-to-date and usable inhaler, and so on. Yeah. And to be able to just collect that as a one-off, mm. but the teachers have a record of it, yeah. the, the office have a record of it, makes things so much easier there from school end. So, you know, I can think of numerous trips that I've been on yeah. where I have all of the consent forms come in, I literally take a folder with me, uh-huh. and you can bet your bottom dollar that the child that needs some attention <laughs> while you're on the trip is the form that you cannot find. Yes, yeah. it's somewhere in the middle. They're never an A surname or a W surname. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as a teacher, if you can also have that electronically, yeah. you know you've got everybody's contact number, you know you've got the most up-to-date medical information, mm-hmm. and it just makes that process so much easier. Yeah. Again, it's that, that ease of information, isn't it? Making yeah. sure that it's there and you can get yeah. to it efficiently exactly. and it's always in the same place yeah. rather than having 25 pieces of paper on your fridge or in your, <laughs> yes. in your folder yeah. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you also mentioned as well um, earlier the idea that technology is not only a great feedback for, um, to, in terms of parental engagement, um, but also in terms of continuous reporting or continuous feedback in terms of the, the children's progression in school. Um, and what do you think the impact of that is for parents and for teachers and, and indeed for the students themselves? So I think from 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 school's perspective, there's there's probably two aspects to the impact, and there's the, the there's the immediate short term impact. Whereas mm-hmm. where if I'm sending information back on a child performance on a, a weekly or a lesson by lesson basis, um, 
the immediate response will be, I'm going to get a lot of emails. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of emails from parents yeah. who want to know what on earth is going on because they, because they got a B last week and they're getting a C this week. And, uh -huh. that's, and I think that's because parents are not used to kind of the up and down nature of assessment. If, yeah, if, if a child is, is flatlining an A, then potentially I'm not challenging that child properly enough. And so the homework grades should move up and down. But parents aren't aware of that because at the moment, parents get a report once a term or twice a year, whatever it is, mm -hmm. which just gives them a flat ball grade and that doesn't necessarily move very much. Mm -hmm. So I think over time, they get used to and they understand that that is part of the normal process of things. That's what we should be seeing. As long as that trend is not heading downwards, everything is okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think you have that side of it, but then the, the long-term part of it, again, there it means that because because the parents are always aware of what is going on. They're always aware of the feedback the child is getting, they're aware of the performance of the child, they're aware of what the child needs to do to improve and so on and so forth. Then actually that begs the question, do I need to write an end of term report yeah. or, or a, a, an end of year report? Because they've already got the information. Sure. Um, or if I do, actually that report focuses on, the again, the non-academic stuff, the social interaction for the rest of it. It means that when the parents come to parents' evening, for example, yeah. I don't have to do um, what I used to experience in parents' evenings is they come in, it's the first time you've seen them that year, and you spend 10 minutes saying, right, well, this is what we've done this term, yeah. and this is how your child has got on. That's not the critical part of the conversation. That can take part during the continuous reporting bit. Sure. So that information of that, which means that the conversation that I have in that, and it is a precious face-to-face -face time, mm. is the bit where we talk about, again, how, the, how they are in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Where I can, you know, establish a good working relationship with the parents, where we can agree a plan to move forward. This is what I think your child is capable of doing. This is yeah. where we need to be aiming. Now, how again, as that, as a team, how do we work together to help them get to that point? Ideally, the child could be sat in on that conversation because, yeah. again, it's that, it's that global approach, that community approach. We are, we are a team, school, family, and child. We are a team. We're going to work together. Um, and we can make far more, far far better use and make it a really high quality face-to-face -face time because the data, the statistics, the tried boring stuff, that's going home in that continuous feedback, continuous reporting, if you like, that's always going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I wonder if a more accurate term on this would be continuous feedback. Yeah. Because reporting tends to suggest at the end of something, yeah, um, mm -hmm. right. This is what you've achieved. Whereas feedback is the ongoing process um, that allows that refinement, improvement, failure, yeah, um, and ability to then achieve your best. Mm. And it takes the shock out of it, right? If you know, kids can get really, and parents can get mm -hmm. really nervous about getting this one grade because everything hinges on mm -hmm. that one thing. Whereas if they're getting continuous feedback, like you say, that like you said, Rob, they'll be able to see the up and downs, they'll be able to see the entire journey. I mean, it kind of, it kind of takes that panic out. Well, for, I think for the child as well, is it, they, they learn to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, when, 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 when you've got, well, no, they, they, they learn to ignore the fact they're being assessed. Yeah. Whereas when you've got your, your end of year exam, and your, the grade that's going to go into your report is contingent upon how well you do the, doing this exam. You yeah. start to worry about it, you start to get stressed about it, and your parents are, oh, this is big, this is going to you know, control your set next year, or blue, mm -hmm. or so. so they start to worry about it, and everything kind of builds up to this real stress level of taking the exam. Yeah. Whereas if we're just continually assessing and monitoring and mm -hmm. feeding back and allowing the child to do that, actually, it, it's, it's, it's the same as everything else. It becomes something that you, you don't notice anymore. 
Yeah. Um, and the, so the stress gets removed from it. And again, it, it becomes, we were saying again, that fail forward. If, if sure. The faster you learn, the faster you're getting that feedback, the more regular it is, the quicker you're able to, I mean, in, in IT terms, the quicker you're able to iterate, which probably not a great thing but the quicker you're able to develop your understanding you sure. learn from your mistakes yeah it's that growth mindset right yes exactly that. and if you've got continuous reporting or feedback then the pupils are actually able to reflect on on their progress and that transparency between it's not all smoke and mirrors anymore yeah. it's not just a, a mark that goes into the teacher's mark book mm. and the child has no idea what's going on yeah so and in terms of the, the fear of failure um, if you've got that opportunity for a child to be reflective about the successes and failures they have yeah. and actually see that as well and see their progression through mm. the school um, and to say those big stress points like 11 plus might not seem like oh, it's still important but it might take some of that pressure just slightly away if they've had that experience previously. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think we've got time for one quick question. Um, how can, we've talked about um, the importance of parents um, in that child's education journey, and Rob, you've mentioned, you know, some parents, they will just desperately want to get in, in, engaged in something, and I think you've all experienced that. Um, so what, what things can parents do to encourage their children outside of school um, in terms of their homework, um, learning about them? Obviously, you've, uh, you've mentioned the fact that if, if the parent is aware of the curriculum, mm -hmm. then they're going to be more effective in encouraging their, their children at home. Uh, my immediate answer to that is not do it for them, <laughs> <Very> <laughs> which yeah. is often the temptation, isn't it? You Absolutely. get these fabulous projects mm -hmm. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Eight-year-old couldn't possibly have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's allowing parents to be informed. So if we take numeracy, for example, the way that that is taught now is so vastly different to yeah. when we were at school, um, to what most parents would have experienced. So just for them to have an understanding of this is what what and also how my child is learning, yeah. so that they can then support them with that. That's excellent. Yeah, I think you've all mentioned the word transparency. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's really great. Well, thank you so much for your insights. It's been incredibly interesting. I know I've, I've learned lots this afternoon. Um, if I could just ask you all one more thing before we go, um, what would be your key takeaway, your key point from the discussion we've had this afternoon? Who wants to go first? Oh, I, I'm going first. Go um, so I think I think my key takeaway would be pa pa parents are here. Uh, they've always been here, and quite often you'll hear teachers say, "Do you know what? The, I can deal with the kids. It's the parents. If we didn't have the parents, that'd be great." But parents are here, and they're not going to go anywhere any away anytime soon. And I think that we know that there are huge benefits to engaging them in, in the learning process. We know that there is a strong desire from parents to be engaged in that process. And so I think it's really important that, that we find ways to make that engagement effective mm -hmm. uh, and we find ways to make that engagement or reduce the burden of that engagement on everybody involved as much as we possibly can. Make it, make it easy, make it accessible uh, and make it attractive to everyone that, that's involved in that. And if we can do that, then we can probably start to achieve some really amazing things within that partnership. Incredible. Yeah. Alana? Um, I think that sometimes the temptation can be to just throw a load of technology at a problem mm -hmm. and hope it sticks and it works. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to 
um, understand the needs of all the people involved in your community um, and then hopefully use that to identify the tool that's going to be most effective for your situation. I don't think there's a one size fits all and um, you know I think it's really important that you understand where everyone's coming from and sure. what they need from you. Um, so yeah, technology is fantastic and I love it, but yeah. sometimes it doesn't solve everything and more and more of it makes that problem sometimes more difficult to untangle. Absolutely. Mm. And what about you, Jackie? Um, so similar to Alana, I, we've talked a lot about sort of overall trends mm -hmm. and what the survey has shown, but it really comes down to what the individual school has in yeah. their particular context their school community according to their school culture that they're trying to build mm -hmm. and I would suggest that if you're brave enough you have a go at finding out exactly what the parents think and what they need mm -hmm. because then you know what your starting point is and you're able to choose the quick wins to get them involved yeah knowing your goals is uh, it's pretty yeah. important yeah. Right? Yeah. rather than assuming yeah make sure you know them absolutely Grand. Well, thank you again, guys, for, for coming in and chatting to us today. It's been, it's been great to have you. Um, and thank you to everyone who's tuned in as well. Um, this has been a fascinating discussion, I'm sure you will agree. So thanks again to everyone involved. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.